coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call with your home improvement question. Your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one 888 Money Pit 888-666-3974. Maybe uh, you're sick and tired of paying those sky-high energy bills. Want some advice on how you can make your home more energy efficient? Is there a home improvement project that is just reaching out, screaming from across the room, but you got to get done, but you don't know where to start, we can help you. The number is one eight 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 money pit Hey, how are those investments doing? Losing money like crazy? Well, you know, there is one investment that could actually make you money this year, and it is, in fact, your home. And that money will come in the form of tax credits. But how do you get those tax credits? How do you qualify them? And what will they pay for? We're going to cover that in this hour of the program. And also ahead this hour, we've got another way that your home can make you money by keeping it maintained and in good condition. Those will all offer you big return on investment. We're going to tell you how to do that and how to go one step further to determine which improvement costs can be recouped. Woohoo! And joining the program a little bit later this hour is our friend and home improvement guru, Pat Simpson. He's going to give us some tips on how to bring a bare, dull closet back to life. Plus, we are giving away a great prize this hour. We have got a painting tool package from our friends over at Zebra. It's a prize package that's worth 90 bucks. Going to go to one caller that reaches us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those calls. Who's first? Well, Kevin in Washington is looking for some extra storage space in the attic. How can we help you with that project? Uh, yes, um, I, I want to lay a floor down so I can use it for storage, but the blown-in insulation is blown in at a level that's higher than the 2x4s uh, on the Right, ceiling. the floor joists. Yeah. yeah, so how do you achieve both? You've got to raise the height of the uh, ceiling joist in order to get a floor over it. You cannot compress the insulation, Kevin, because if you do, you squeeze out the trapped air, and that's what's actually giving it its insulating ability. Exactly. So how do I get the floor up? This is a trust roof, or is it a stick-built roof? Do you know the difference? Is it prefabricated trusses? Yes. All right. Well, you're not really supposed to do this, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, you can't cut any of those trusses. What you could do is sister onto the side of the bottom cords um, uh-huh. another piece of 2 by 4 and position that so the height is just above the blown-in. But you're uh-huh. not supposed to put a lot of weight on it. That's the reason that you have to be careful here. Because the truss, there's a certain type of truss called an attic truss, and that definitely is not what you have. But I, w- I had a condo once with a trust roof, and I actually was able to add... Uh, about four or 500 square feet of storage space by doing exactly this. We added another 2x4 to the side of the existing truss and basically brought it up to the height of the insulation and then added some flooring over that. But again, you can't, okay. not a lot of weight, okay, Kev? Well, it's just uh, furniture, uh, books, and people. I mean, people yeah. will be up there. Okay, well, don't, don't put the water, water bed up there, okay? Filled with water. Okay. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Thanks, thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. I was going to say the Encyclopedia Britannica collection, but I don't yeah, I think like, any. Of, oh, I don't think they exist anymore. Okay, think, it's just people, books, and furniture. Yeah. Right. Oh. Not a lot of weight. And why are you storing people in your attic? <laughs> Margaret in North Carolina is dealing with a nasty three-letter word: rot. Tell us about it. Yes, uh, we have a balcony. Uh, and the balcony uh, is uh, 14 feet from the ground. The supports are wood, and the woods have rot 
rotted out, the wooden supports. And so uh, what we'd like to do is uh, the wall itself, the facade of the house, is brick, and the uh, wooden supports for the balcony are uh, go through the um, uh, into the wall, uh, into the uh, ceiling below, uh, into the uh, wood braces that okay. are uh, on the ceiling. Well, uh, we want to replace that uh, wooden support with a um, metal floor uh, on the on the uh, metal floor for the balcony, as well as metal supports, three metal. Uh, supports that cantilever into uh, those uh, beams in the ceiling below, uh, me- uh, wood ceiling below, uh, uh, wooden beams. Right. So you have a balcony that extends out the exterior wall of your house. Are there any supports underneath, or is it totally cantilevered off of the outside wall of the house? Totally cantilevered. Okay, so then you have a rod problem. You've got a serious structural issue. Um, taking that apart and rebuilding it with steel is probably a good idea. You're going to end up using steel I-beams. And you would only need two I-beams, one at both ends. And then in between, you could have wood floor joists, pressure-treated lumber. But the main supports that go through the wall and cantilevered back over the exterior wall, they would have to be steel I-beams. This is a big project, not one that you can do yourself. One you definitely need a pro to work with you on. You definitely need a good qualified contractor, and you need to get a building permit because there are a lot of deck collapses uh, because of this very reason, because of those rotted beams that go from the outside of the deck can't leave her over the exterior wall and, and go back into the house so you got a big job on your hands but it sounds to me like you have the right plan you are with the money pit home improvement radio show we are so glad you joined us pick up the phone and give us a call be part of the money pit right now while well, you can be part of the money pit 24 hours a day seven days a week that's when we're here to help you get your projects done right the first time so give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT 888-666-3974. You know, perhaps the one investment that can really make you some money these days is your home. Up next, we're going to give you some tips on how to get your hands on that money in the form of tax credits. All of those details coming up in just a bit. Money pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one 888 Pit and be ready to ask your home improvement or home repair question. If you do, one caller who gets on the air this hour might win a prize pack of painting tools from Zebra, including the Air Glide Roller and the No Tape Edge and Roll Edger. Basically tools to make it look like, you know, what you're doing when you pick up a paintbrush. <laughs> it's worth a total of 90 bucks, so call us right now at one 888 Pit. And those really are the tools to help you get a professional paint job done easily and free labor if you do it yourself. And, you know, paint, it always looks better if you take the time to do the proper prepping. We've told you about it 100,000 times. And we've also told you that paint really is the cheapest way that you can change or even update the look of a room in your home. But it's also a good way to maintain the value of your home. You want to keep it looking good overall. And it's one of the ways that your home can help you make money. One of the few investments that actually pays off these days, your house. 
And another way you can make some money off your house is to claim energy efficient tax credits. Now, qualifying improvements include everything from weather stripping, think about caulk, you guys, to windows, to roofing, and your local utility and states offer rebates that can help compound your savings with these federal tax rebates that are available. If you want to find out what projects work, how you go ahead and file for everything, there's a great website. It's energytaxincentives.org slash consumers. It helps you sort everything out right there on one site. And Tom, you actually just wrote a blog about this, which really helps sort everything out as well, right? I did, and that's on WalletPop.com. 888-666-3974. Maybe you need some advice on how to install one of those energy-saving improvements. Give us a call right now, and we will help you out. All right, now we're going to head over to Indiana and chat with Cassandra about a pilot light that keeps going out. Tell us about the situation. Hello. We have a manufactured home and we've only been in here about 11 months, but every time the wind gets really strong, it blows out our pilot light on our water heater. Oh, that's annoying. And my husband goes to work, and then I'm here all day with no hot water because oh. I don't know how to turn it back on. Okay. So, <laughs> and we were wondering if there's a way we could just prevent that from happening. Okay. Well, perhaps some uh, water heater pilot lighting training is in order for you, so that at least you can have... <laughs> Uh, the warm water without waiting for your husband. But I suspect what's happening here, Cassandra, is that the pilot flight is weak. It might be dirty. It might be obstructed. And it's not strong enough. So that's why when you get a little bit of wind down the vent pipe, it blows out. So I think that uh, this can be corrected with some service of that pilot line. And it's just, just need a new pilot line. Who do we would call for that? Do you, the next you, time you're, you're going to have your heating system serviced, I would have them replace the pilot line at the same time. Okay. All right? shouldn't be very expensive. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Cassandra. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. And get your husband to show you how to light that <laughs> pilot, will you? Not that hard. And would it be your heating maintenance company to look at your water heater, or would that yeah. be a plumber? And typically your water heater does need a little bit of cleaning because, remember, as that uh, gas burns... Well, you get a you lot of lot, rust, right? Yes, that's right. You get a lot of rust that fl that flakes off the baffle, which actually goes up through the middle of the water heater. The purpose of the baffle is to slow down the, the flow of gases out so you get more heat out of them. But that baffle is sort of sacrificial in that it rusts, and those flakes fall down, sit on top of the burner, and build up. So it is an area that needs to be cleaned from time to time. And certainly the pilot light and the thermocouple need to be occasionally replaced. And that's what I think Cassandra needs to do here. All right. Let's go to Orlando now with a question about soundproofing. How can we help you? Yes, maybe you can. I have a two-family house, and my granddaughter sleeps above me in my bedroom. I can literally hear her walking, talking, everything. And uh, they put a wall-to-wall -wall carpet in, and it still really didn't help. Um, Orlando, there's, there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, there is a type of soundproof drywall that you can uh, install. It's called Quiet Solutions. And it's basically a, a sound-deadening drywall product. The other thing that you can do, which will be less expensive, is you can use a product called Green Glue, and then a second layer of drywall. The green glue isolates the two pieces of drywall glue. and is a sound-deadening glue, correct. So um, those are two ways that you can reduce that noise level. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Tom. And You're welcome, Orlando. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Anthony is dealing with some heating issues. Tell us about the baseboard problems. Yeah, I have hot water heat in my uh, in my house. 
and uh, we have the old cast iron uh, baseboard heat and some radiators upstairs. Excellent. When we, when we redid our um, our bathroom, we put in a small baseboard heater to make a little a little bit more room. Okay. Uh, by taking out the radiator. Right. And. That was last year. Um, we've never been able to get heat up into that area. I put bleeders on the feeder line and uh, and on the return line and tried to bleed the air to get the you know to get the water up through that area. But we've never been able to get any kind of heat. And the radiator before always worked fine. And everything always worked fine. I've had mm. the pipes off. Um, you know, to check to make sure I didn't have a clog. In so, them. is the radiator getting? Is the does the radiator get warm at all? Not at all. Not at all. Well, look. Obviously, it's not plumbed correctly. I'm not quite sure where the issue is, but it's really a pretty simple system. You know, the water has to go uh, in the supply and out the return. If it's not getting hot at all, the water is never making it to that point. So I think at this juncture, you're probably going to have to bring in a heating contractor, a plumber, to figure out what you did wrong. It sounds to me like you got the wrong fitting. So for whatever reason, the water is not pushing into that area. It worked before when you had the full radiator. It's not working now for the baseboard because something is installed incorrectly. You've checked the air issue, but if it's plain not getting hot at all, there's just an installation problem that you've got to get to the bottom of it, Anthony. That's the only thing that makes sense that could be causing this. Okay. I know you don't All want right. to admit. I know you don't want to admit defeat, my friend. But it might be time to throw to throw in the pump, throw in the pipe wrench, so to speak. Okay. All right. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You're very welcome, much. Anthony. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Heading over to Illinois to chat with Mary. How can we help you today? Yes, in January of last year. We had uh, sewer backed up into our basement, and uh, it got on our cement blocks, and so we washed it with strong bleach water, and it was strong enough water, you know, so we had to have the windows and the door open so that we wouldn't get the fumes. Okay. And then painted back over the brick walls, and now then I notice it's coming through again. You have not had another backup? No. Okay, no. so so what's going on here is this. Um, you have the beginnings of a water infiltration problem. The concrete block is very absorbent. It's called hydroscopic. And if there's water on the outside of that block or it pulls up water from, from underneath it, it will draw back up into the block just like as if it's a sponge. And now that it's painted, it probably will push out almost blisters in, in spaces. You may see stains. You may see sort of white, crusty material. Does this sound familiar? No, it doesn't look crusty. It, it looks like, like little fibers like on it. Okay. Well, what you're seeing are mineral salt deposits. Now, the solution here is, is not in the basement. It's outside the house. You've got to take a look here, Mary, at the drainage conditions at the foundation perimeter. You want to make sure that your gutter system is clean and free-flowing, and you want to make sure that the soil around the house is sloping away from the walls. Those two things, if they're done correctly, will reduce the amount of moisture and the amount of water that's around the outside of those foundation walls. That will stop it from drawing inside. Mm -hmm. So you're on the right track. You're just not quite there yet. Now, that white residue that you're seeing in the house, you can easily get rid of that with a mixture of white vinegar and water. If you just mix them, water, okay. if you mix them up in a spray bottle or however you want to work with it and just wipe it on there, you'll see it goes away immediately. 
Oh, all right. So I won't need to re-bleach the walls then? No, no, because it's not mold. It's, it's, it's a salt deposit. Oh, okay. So nothing to worry about. Okay, Mary? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we're going to welcome Pat Simpson from HGTV's Fix It Up. Pat's going to have some tips on how to make a dull closet come back to life. Maybe give you some space to organize all of that stuff that's been piling up around your house. We'll have that and more after this. Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you're thinking about getting the house in order. Is it time to turn over a new leaf and finally get rid of the stuff you don't use anymore? Donate the clothes you don't wear anymore? And maybe you're even thinking about organizing and making over a closet in your home. You know, there's nothing like a great walk-in closet, especially if you have a lot of clothes and shoes. Not that I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) Because a good closet makes it easy to store your clothes and get dressed in the morning because you know where everything is. You don't get dressed in the closet, do you? I do, actually. I, I turned an, an old area of our bedroom into, like, my walk-in dressing room. Oh, well, all right, then. And you know what? You don't have to install an expensive closet system, either. There is a simple do-it-yourself project that will bring a bare, a dull closet back to life. Here to tell us all about it is our pal Pat Simpson. He's the host of HGTV's Fix It Up. Hey, Pat. So, you know, rumor has it that Leslie has a closet larger than my home. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no man. way. Half of it is for her shoes. In fact, I think it was covered on one of the news networks. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's the gospel. I know it. Hey, guys, I hope you're doing well. We, we are. And, uh, you know, we like to talk about projects now and again that you can do yourself. And uh, you're working with a company called Cedar Safe that has a lining system for closets, which sounds like it's a pretty easy project. Tell it us really where you start. Is. It's such a simple project. You know, we, we enjoy the do-it-yourself projects. We do the whole house makeover stuff, too, but the simple weekend stuff is just really, really popular now. People are staying uh, at home, and they've, they've chosen not to sell right now, and they've decided to improve what they have. And so they're trying to improve different rooms, whether it's the kitchen or the bathroom or the closet. And the Cedar Safe uh, product is such a simple DIY project. You really only need hammer nails and a and a handsaw if you want, mm-hmm. and a tape measure. Basically, that's all there is to it. Well, and cedar, I think, is so important, especially you, not only for your everyday closet, but for your off-season storage closet, because it really does keep the moths away. And having lost a sweater or two along life's journey, I've noticed that cedar really does, you know, send them packing. It does. It doesn't naturally. Mother Nature does her thing with the natural ingredients in the cedar boards. You remember, um, I, I know my grandma did, and yours may have as well, the cedar chest that grandma kept her quilts in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I called my grandmother Mamo. Mamo always had a cedar chest for her homemade quilts. Well, it's basically the same thing for your closet because it naturally resists the earwigs and the moths and the roaches. Uh, and it helps reduce moisture and, and mold and humidity in your closet as well. And it's all done through the natural characteristics of wood. And, of course, you've got that wonderful, 
wonderful cedar aroma. That oh, they smell. smell so great. We're talking oh. to Pap Simpson. He's the host of HGTV's Fix It Up about how to kind of create your own cedar closet. Hey, Pat, let's talk a little bit about uh, sort of cedar 101. There are a lot of different types of cedar, and many folks may be familiar with uh, the western red cedar that's used as siding. Now, mm-hmm. that is not the, what we're talking about putting in the cab inside the closet here. We're talking about aromatic red cedar, which is actually quite different. And in fact, the cedar that's used for this application that Cedar Safe uses, have you driven through the rural areas, through the countryside, and you'll see along natural fence lines, uh, along pastures and fields, you notice how uh, the cedar trees will grow mysteriously along those fence lines? Yeah. And oftentimes that's because of the, the lime content in the soil. But these are the type of trees that are harvested, and they even farm the trees to harvest to make not only the panels, uh, but also the planks, and we'll talk about the panels more in a moment. But they, every single bit of those trees uh, are used. There's no waste at all. Even the oil from the cedar is used to make colognes and perfumes. Oh, interesting. And you mentioned the planks, but also there is a, a type of aromatic red cedar product that looks more like a, a 4 by 8 sheet of, uh, of plywood or, or, or OSB, but it has cedar flakes in it. Is that one of the Cedar Safe products as well? It is, and it serves the same purpose. It's it's not as appealing to the eye, but mm-hmm. it's not intended to be. It's more uh, more utilitarian uh, for, like, uh, let's say, a cellar or a basement or an attic space, uh, or as you mentioned earlier, Leslie, some of the off-season storage. Uh, so rather than putting it in your walk-in closet where you would use the pretty one by four tongue and groove planks, uh, these four by eight panels are are much much better for the closets that. Um, uh, that you don't see that often. Pat, is there any special treatment that you have to do to the cedar over time to, you know, keep its qualities going, keep that scent in there so that it actually continues to do what it should do and look good over time? Uh, no, not really. I know one thing that it will do, though, if cedar has been in any cedar, whether it's this species or any, any type, and as far as that goes, any wood, actually, uh, in this case, the cedar, if it's been in place for a year or so, and, and the, the aroma is starting to, uh, to not be as obvious, it's, it's, it's not as evident, uh, you can simply take the clothes or the, the, um, the blankets or whatever you have in that room, take everything out of the closet, and then go in with, uh, say, 150, 200 grit sandpaper, and by hand, you can just sand down the surface lightly, and all you're doing is breaking any type of seal that has you know, gone over the wood over the 12-month period, and you're renewing the smell once again. Pat Simpson, host of HGTV's Fix It Up. Thanks so much for stopping by and filling us all in on how to build a cedar closet. Great little project. Hey, if you want more tips, you can go online and find step-by-step video instructions at cedarsafeclosets.com. That's cedarsafeclosets.com. Thanks again, Pat. You guys take care. Hey, Pat, thanks so much for joining us. You know, closets, they are great projects, and it really is a project that's good to add value to your home. But how much money will, say, a closet project recoup when you go to sell your house or maybe your kitchen or your bathroom? Well, we're going to tell you where to get that info so you can make those smart home improvement decisions next. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-FIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. 
Did you know that adding a ThermaTrue entryway can add as much as $24,000 to what others think your home is worth? To learn more, visit ThermaTrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Helping you build big dreams. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here at Team Money Pit is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now. Be ready with your home improvement or your repair question. We can help you with just about everything in your house that you need to know about. Any burning question that you've got, we've got the answer. And not only are you going to get our answer, but we are going to give you the chance to win a great prize. We've got a home improver's dream. It is a Paint Tool Prize Pack from Zebra, and it's got all the brushes, rollers, and edgers you need for a fabulous job, plus a handy tool to open all of that clamshell packaging that that it seems like everything comes in these days that you just can't open. Well, the prize pack is worth 90 bucks, but one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win it for free. 888-666-3974 is the number you need to call if you'd like to qualify for that great prize pack from Zebra. Remember, you got to have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us. Well, unlike most other investments these days, your home actually can maintain its value if you take care of it. So make sure that you pay attention to the basic maintenance chores that you need. Make them your top priority because if you neglect the little things, I can tell you from 20 years as a home inspector, they can add up to big expenses later on. And also, if you're thinking about improving your house, you want to make sure that you consider improvements carefully and that you spend your time and your money on the ones that are the most cost effective. Now, you can check the current cost versus value report. It's done every year by remodeling online, and it provides all the data that you need on popular improvements and the return on investment by region so you can find out exactly how that repair or that improvement is going to manage in exactly where you live what you're going to get back on it it really is a super useful tool to help you get a lot of money back when you go to sell your home and it makes it a lot more pleasant while you are staying in your home so call us right now with your home improvement question your decorating dilemma we're here to help you get those jobs done 888-666-3974 Charles in New York is feeling the chill and needs some help with a space heater. What can we do for you? We live in a three-level um, house. Upstairs, when we plug in the space heater, because we're trying to figure out, you know, we've always went to the apartment, so we're trying to figure out how can we manage our um, heat bill better. Right. So at night, we turn down the, um, the, the thermostat and we plug mm-hmm. in space heaters yep. in a couple of the bedrooms. Okay. But when you plug in a space heater... It shuts down all the power. The reason for that is because the outlets that are in the bedrooms are probably 15-amp outlets, and the space heater is drawing a lot more power than that. Right. And very frequently, that one circuit that goes through the bedrooms is usually the same circuit in all the bedrooms for the outlets. Because typically, you're only plugging, like, lights in it and the vacuum cleaner and that sort of thing. So you're obviously pulling more power than uh, this particular home, than this particular circuit can take. Um... The solution is probably twofold. First of all, I would look to see what I could do to make my home more energy efficient. And energystar.gov has a good home energy auditor on there that you can follow along step by step, try to save some money, perhaps add some additional insulation, um, things of that nature. And secondly, um, what you might want to try to do is you're only running these uh, space heaters in the bedrooms you're sleeping in. Is that correct? Right. Well... I might just uh, give up on the space heaters, add a clock setback thermostat, and maybe 
uh, you know, set it to go down after you get in bed at night when the covers are on and you're nice and warm. That's what most people do. Okay. A clock setback thermostat will actually cut your heating bills by about 10% at least. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thanks so much for joining us this hour. Hey, up next, replace or repair? How do you know which one is right? Do you just wait till something breaks down? Well, when we come back, we are going to help one emailer sort all of this out because she's got a question about her furnace. So stick around. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT, or perhaps you're the shy type. Head on over to MoneyPit.com. Shoot us an email question simply by clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie. We will get back to you on the show. All right, Mary from Indiana writes, we live in a 15-year-old home that has an energy-efficient furnace. We plan on living there for about 10 more years before we retire to a warmer area. Should we upgrade our furnace now so that when we do sell, it will only be 10 years old instead of 25? Or should we keep ours and, you know, keep it running well? Uh, I don't think it makes sense to replace a 10-year-old furnace. If you're going to replace it, if it breaks down, uh, you're going to have to replace it when it comes time to sell anyway. I would keep going with that unless, you know, it's so inefficient that you'll get a good return on investment by replacing it before it fails. But generally, a 10-year-old furnace is only sort of halfway through its life cycle. I'd go at least another 10 before I considered replacing that furnace. All right. I hope that helps you out there. And Mary, you know what? Enjoy your move to that warmer climate. And remember, just keep everything in good operating shape in your house so that when it does come time to sell, you will have all of that information. You'll know what's been serviced when, and those folks will feel confident buying your house. Well, Leslie, anyone who's ever gone to the supermarket to buy a package always sees the new and improved. And sometimes you'll notice that uh, the boxes, if you look very, very carefully, actually have gotten smaller in order for the price to go to go down. Did you ever notice that? Of course, and they're tricking you. you they, no one will tell you that this is going on until you actually look at the weight. Well, here's the home improvement version of that. Have you tried to buy a lamp lately? Yeah, they're expensive. The shade is extra. Well, Never. it's supposed to be so that you feel like you're the designer and you can create something extra special for your environment. And that's why that is the topic of today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, and I actually have noticed that not only have the prices gone up on both items, but even a simple shade can be a little bit pricey. Now, when you start thinking about the shades that are all jazzed up and sort of designy and have a lot of texture and feel to them, you're looking at a lot of money, and that's really not in our budgets these days. So when you're buying a new lamp, Look at a lampshade that's far more simple in its design and in its shape. You can even actually make your own lampshade. Search it out online. You can find the frames for it. You can find the fabric. Lots of instructions on how to cut the fabric so it fits the frame the exact way you want it to, even on those crazy-shaped bell ones. So think about making your own. But if it's in your budget to buy a simple lampshade that should run you around 10 or 15 bucks, go ahead and jazz it up a bit with trimmings or beads or feathers or ribbon. Whatever you've got that really works with the design for your space, you can go ahead and add some trim to the bottom edge. If you want to give it a nice layered look, 
do a simpler trim that's, you know, fairly thick, then go smaller and smaller and smaller until you have something that's layered and very dimensional and beautiful in its design. It's something that we can all afford. It feels good to be creative. A glue gun is all you're going to need to get the project done. But here is one glue gun tip because I always end up burning my fingers. If you keep a little cup or a dish of ice cold water with some ice cubes in there, as soon as you get that hot glue on your finger, go ahead and dip your finger into that water because what it'll do is it'll stop that hot glue from sort of being hot and melting. It'll just sort of seal it up into a hard little ball in your finger and then peel that off because if you try to peel off that like scorching hot glue, you're just going to get it from one finger to the next and then on both and everybody's going to end up with a blister all your fingers. So cool it down you before you take together. it off. Yeah, and it's no fun. It really <laughs> does get super hot. 888-666-3974. Call us 24-7-365 if you've got a home improvement question or a do-it-yourself dilemma. Coming up next week in the program, we're going to have some tips on helping you care for your carpets. You know, they are cozy underfoot. But uh, taking care of them can be a bit tricky, so we're going to have some tips on the best carpet care solutions for you, including how to get rid of those wrinkles that can be dangerous tripping hazards in your house. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Helping you build big dreams. Bonnie Pitt.